<laughs> I had to kind of rewrite it. But it was really good. I hope this one's going to be really good. Hopefully I can get my PowerPoint up there. Just a second. Just go to the next slide. Oh, there we go. Cool. Okay, so there's the Redeemer. So I'm looking at, I was looking around when I was thinking of what to say, and I noticed that people really want Jesus to save them from bad relationships, disease, and debt. And Jesus does want to save us from all those things, but that's not the main reason he came. Amen? Amen. Because these things are just the effect of the thing that he came to save us from, and that's sin. So what is sin? Well, in 1 John 3, 4, it says, Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law, or sin is breaking God's law, which is the Ten Commandments. So, let's look at the first sin. In the Garden of Eden, well, it was this, it was this place. God made this beautiful world. He put trees, grass, water. He made all this wonderful stuff, and he put Adam and Eve in this garden. And it was the most beautiful, beautiful place. They had the whole world, but this was like their house. It was really beautiful. And they loved it there, and they didn't have a sinful nature, so they, they wanted to serve God, and they loved God so much. But about this time in heaven, Satan was leading this rebellion. He was saying that God's government wasn't good, that his, he could start a government that would be much much better. So he started this rebellion and he got one third of the angels to go against God and they had this war. And of course, you can't keep this rebellious angel and all his other angels in heaven, so God had to kick him out of heaven. And he allowed him to go to this earth to tempt Adam and Eve. But God was really, really gracious with this because he didn't let them let the devil tempt Adam and Eve anywhere they went. But he kind of chained Adam to this tree called the tree of knowledge of good. Chained uh, the Satan to the tree. <laughs> and uh, he couldn't, Satan couldn't tempt Adam and Eve if they weren't near the tree. So God sent the angels down and said, and had them tell Adam and Eve that they aren't to go near, they shouldn't go near the tree or else they'll be tempted. And if they eat of the fruit of that tree, they'll die. And so, of course, they were all like, Sure, that's not hard. It's just one little tree. We have the whole planet. So life went on in the garden. And then one day, Eve was out, and she was picking flowers. And she kind of got close to the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And she looks over, and she sees it. It's this beautiful tree. And she's like, oh, that's really beautiful. She's admiring it. And she looks, and she sees the snake. And for most of the ladies here and some of the guys, you probably have a heart attack and die if you saw a snake, especially in Bowie. And uh, it's a beautiful snake, but back then, the snakes were really beautiful, you know. They were like, they had big old wings, and so she, she was really admiring it, and then the snake talks to her. It's like, Eve, come here, look, look at me, I can talk. And she's like, oh my goodness, a snake that can talk? That's unheard of. So she kind of walks over there, And she, and the snake's like, Eve, you got to try some of this fruit, man. It's awesome. It's really, really good. Look at me. I'm a snake. And I can talk because I ate this fruit. And you're a human. Imagine what would happen to you if you ate this fruit. You'd like, 
do all kinds of cool things. You'd be like a Jedi master. It'd be insane. And she's like, no, God told us not to eat from that tree. And the snake's like, Eve, God doesn't know anything. Like I said, look at me, I can talk. He just doesn't want you to be like him. He doesn't want you to be a God like him. So just try some of this fruit. So she starts arguing with the snake. And you're never supposed to argue with the devil. Because the devil has had 6,000 years to perfect his lying and deception and all that. So she argued with him. And of course she lost. And so she ended up taking some of the fruit and she ate it. And she's like, man, this is good stuff. This fruit is wicked. Right, Noah? It's wicked. And so she's like, I got to give some of this to Adam. So she runs up to Adam and she finds him. She's like, Adam, you got to check out this fruit, man. It's pimping. And so Adam's like, <laughs> he's like, uh, Eve, no. Is that the fr- fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? She's like, yeah, but it's so wicked. It'll make you feel so good. It's like, awesome. And so he's like, no, Eve, you screwed up. That's, you're going to die now. And then it hits her, and she's like, oh, no. I'm going to die. This is terrible. So Adam, he loves his wife, so he goes, Eve, I love you, and if you're going to die, I'm going to die with you. So eat some of the fruit, too. And then they feel like this robe of light that was around them just kind of disappeared, and they were naked. So they're, they took off running for the nearest bushes. They're hiding in the bushes, and... God shows up, and he starts walking through the garden, and he's looking for him. He's calling for him. They're not answering. They're just kind of hiding their camouflage leaves on. And so finally they answer him. They go, God, we're over here. But don't come over here because we're naked. And God goes, well, who told you you were naked? Did you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? They said, and Adam goes, Yeah, we did. But Eve, the wife you gave me, she gave the fruit to me and I ate it. And God goes, Eve, is that true? And he's like, and Eve goes, yeah, it's true. But the snake that you put in the garden, he tricked me. And so God, they had to get kicked out of the garden and he cursed the snake. And now snakes are ugly and they crawl on the ground. And they don't have beautiful wings anymore. And for, there's, a bun, there's a bunch of things that happen, but some things for women, it's, and they have pain in childbirth, and for men, they have to work really hard to get food and provide for their families. And, and that was all a result of sin. In fact, the Bible says, that's kind of hard to read, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So, Eventually they died, but they didn't just get death, because if you just had death and you went to heaven when Jesus came back, you just, you'd live a wonderful life, everything would be fine, and then one day you'd die, and the next thing you know, you'd, you'd be in heaven. So they, but they also got all these consequences. Cain, uh, Adam, his son killed, his oldest son killed his second oldest son, and then right before he died, oh, yeah, after he died, there was the flood, because the world got so bad that God had destroyed the world with flood. Then Sodom and Gomorrah was really bad. And now we have nas- natural disasters, disease, and violence, 
and all this terrible stuff. That's all a result of sin. But God had a plan. He had a plan that he'd send his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Amen? Amen. <laughs> you guys are quiet today. <laughs> My goodness. So, God, he had this plan that he sent his son. Before he sent his son, he, it was really simple. Do you remember the story in Numbers chapter 6, I think, about the snake on the pole? Yeah, what happened was, is um, the children of Israel got pretty mad at God and Moses and were like, you brought us out here to die in the wilderness, we should have stayed in Egypt. And so God was like, okay, I'm sending fiery snakes in there, you don't want me? Take that, you know. So he sends fiery snakes in there and they start biting the people and the people are going to die. So they cry out to God, they're like, God, we're sorry, save us. And so he goes, he tells Moses to build this bronze snake and put it on a pole. And then whoever looks at that snake on the pole will be cured. And a lot of people did that, but a few of the people were like, I'm not getting out of bed for this. I'm not going to get out of bed to look at some stupid snake that, and that'll cure me? I don't think so. I'm going to stay in bed. And they died. And all because they just didn't get themselves out of bed and look at the stupid snake. It's really, really simple. And that's, it's, that's, it's even more simple to be saved. All you have to do is believe in Jesus. You don't even have to do anything, really. You don't have to walk up and look at a snake. You, all you have to do is, in your mind, you can be laying in bed and go, Jesus, I believe in you. Save me. You're saved. Amen. It's really simple. So God, he also set up this sacrificial system for the Israelites. And what you do is you'd raise this little lamb and I don't know how often but when you'd sin you would take this your little lamb and you'd go to the temple you confess all the sins that you had committed in the past I don't know how long and then you'd take a knife and cut that little lamb's throat and then the blood would drain out and the priest would take the blood and sprinkle it on curtain that separated the holy place from the most holy place, and then your sins would be forgiven. So he, he set up the sacrificial system. And that lamb pointed forward to Jesus. In fact, John, said, uh, John the Baptist says in, first, in John 1.29, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the whole world. And right up here I have a bunch of verses. You can look them up with... I don't have them up on the screen, so you're going to have to Look them up with me. But 1 John, they're all in 1 John, which is pretty neat. You don't have to really turn too many times. 1 John, we'll start out with the very bottom one. 1 John 1 9. Say amen if you got it. Okay. Give you a few more seconds. Okay, it says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So that's a lot easier than having to take that little lamb and killing it and having your sins forgiven that way. All you have to do is confess your sins to Him. And then you just turn over one page, or no pages if you have the same Bible I have. 
to First um, John 2, 1 and 2, and it says, My little children, these things I write to you, so that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he himself is the propitiation, or sacrifice for our sins and not for ours only but for the whole world Amen. God is the sacrifice for our sin he's that little lamb and then you just turn over one page to 1 John 3 5 I love how they're all in like the same place you can tell I've been reading through 1 John okay 1 John 3 verse 5 it says and you know that he was manifest to take away our sins and in him there is no sin so there you go. Jesus takes away our sin. There is a plan. He takes away our sin. Sin killed Jesus on the cross. Some people think that the nails or the whips killed him. But it, was, it wasn't that because back then you could, you could live on the cross for days. You'd die of starvation or thirst. And you just rot up there. But Jesus died in just six hours. And that, that was because he took all the sins that you've ever committed, that anyone's ever committed, who's ever lived or ever is going to live, he took it upon himself and it killed him. And in fact, his heart was under so much pressure and under so much guilt and sadness that it like busted it. And when they made sure he was dead and they stabbed the spear into his heart, blood and water poured out, which was a sign of extreme depression and sadness. So Jesus died in just six hours because of sin. I have a, this is another uh, story that was just, it's really cool how simple it is. Have you ever heard of uh, scurvy? Don't want to get that wrong. Um, well, scurvy, back in the 1700s, was this terrible disease that you'd get if you went on like a long voyage. And there's this British naval surgeon named James Lind, and in 1753, he wrote a book. And in the book, he, had, he wrote about the cure for scurvy. And it was just lemon juice or fruits with vitamin C and citrus. And everyone pretty much just laughed at him and thought it was ridiculous. Because this terrible disease couldn't be cured by something so simple as lemon juice. So they didn't believe him for the longest time. But one captain named James Cook, Cook took took his advice, and he was completely his ship was completely scurvy-free. And so finally, after James Lynn died, they started using it in the Royal Navy, and that's why you don't really have scurvy anymore, because they, they figured out the cure. It was so easy. It was so, so simple. That's all. Jesus, Jesus doesn't ask us to even drink lemon juice. He just says, believe in me, and I'll save you. I was, this song that I'm going to play in just a minute really, really touched me. I love it. And it's called There's a Redeemer. And I looked up in the dictionary, what does Redeemer mean? And remember, this was, I woke up at like 10 and I got dropped off at the church. So I was really tired. I was feeling kind of sick. So I looked up Redeemer. And you know what Redeemer means? No? Okay. Well, redeemer means someone who redeems. <laughs> Think about it. Think about it. And so, redeemed means to buy something back. 
And Jesus bought us back. We sold ourselves into sin. We chained ourselves to sin. And God unlocked those chains. He, he bought us back. It's so simple. So I'm going to play this song. And if you feel really impressed to just accept Jesus for, your, for the first time, I'd like you to just raise your hand while I'm playing this song. And even if it's not your first time, just if you feel like you want to, if you want to um, commit your life to Jesus again, because you don't just commit your life to Jesus once. It's an everyday thing. You commit your life to Jesus Amen. every single day. So if you haven't done that today, I'd just like you to raise your hand while I'm playing this song. It's called There is a Redeemer. This is a song that really, really touched me. It's by my favorite artist, Keith Green. And it's a really, really beautiful song. I hope you enjoy it.
Please bow your hands with me one more time. <laughs> Dear Father in heaven, thank you for giving me the strength, Lord. I know I couldn't have done this without you. Be with everyone today. Help them to enjoy their Sabbath and help them to rest. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.